when we think about retreats, usually the mind is referring to physical retreat, kaya viveka, spending time in silence, alone in our room, our kuti, being out in the woods, in the countryside. Kaya viveka is physical seclusion. This has its great benefits, great blessings. This is why we have these retreat times every year. The other kinds of seclusion, viveka, equally if not more important, we use the kaya viveka to develop citta viveka, inner seclusion, which is a kind of disentanglement in the presence of an active world, engagement, conversations, responsibilities, coming, going, decision-making. In the midst of the world of activity, there can still be a quality of non-entanglement, non-grasping, viveka, Seclusion, a sense of shelter, protection. Jitta Viveka is this kind of attitude, and it can be sustained through various different ways and means. One of the most direct and powerful tools for sustaining citta viveka along with the practices of mindfulness of the body mindfulness of breathing just sustaining attention with the body present moment noticing what the body is doing what posture it's in the rhythm of the breathing This quality of attitude depends on an attunement to the present and developing mindfulness of the body is a very direct, reliable way of attuning the attention to the present. The body is always here and now, never wanders off to the past and the future. So to cultivate jitta viveka, inner seclusion in the midst of activity, Engagement, mindfulness of the body, mindfulness of breathing, these are key practices. The breath is always here. The body is always breathing as long as we are alive. The body is present here and now all the time, never drifts away. But it's difficult to, even if we're paying attention to the present, to not get caught up in doing, feeling, reacting, liking, disliking, taking responsibility, feeling anxious, irritated, caught up in plans and opinions. So even if we're paying attention to the present, extra layers or extra degrees of 
non-entanglement are needed to really sustain the quality of peacefulness, clarity. Just paying attention to the present on its own is not enough. Keeping the field of perceptions in perspective, keeping them in a context, knowing that when something is seen, it's just a visual object. When something is smelt or tasted, it's just a taste, just a smell. Hearing something, it's just a sound. Merely that, only that. It's just a physical sensation. It's just a thought, just an idea, just an emotion. That just contains a universe, merely a sound, merely a feeling, merely a memory, merely an idea. That merely contains a huge amount. But we can develop that. Disempowering of the thoughts, memories, ideas, perceptions, emotions. Not to suppress or to reject, but to put them into a context to see them as they really are. The mind might react to a sound or a feeling. I really like this. Oh, that smells awful. What's that horrible noise? This is delicious. We're not trying to suppress or wipe out experience, but put it into its proper perspective. This is delicious, but it is just a flavor. That sound is terrible, but it is just a sound. That's really ugly. Yeah, but it is just a material form, a visual form, that's all. The mind is adding deliciousness or ugliness or likable, unlikable, on top of the raw perception. So without pushing away and rejecting the sense world, or without grasping hold and entangling, getting born into the sensory world, owning it, becoming it. The establishment of wisdom, of clarity, is knowing this field of perception without delusion. Knowing the five khandhas, form, feeling, perception, mental formations, consciousness. Knowing them as they are. Seeing them, knowing them in their proper context. Impermanent, empty. Patterns of experience that arise and pass away. And one of the best methods we can use for many people, this is quite accessible, not, not for everyone, but for many people, to develop the listening to the inner sound, the nada, 
cultivate that to the degree that one can hear it, feel it, know it. And that creates a very distinct field of contemplation. Even as I'm talking now, I can hear the nada sound in the background. Its presence is a reminder that this is just a voice speaking. These are just the sensations of the body sitting on a mat. To cultivate the inner sound, listening to the inner sound, it's like a backdrop. A screen against which all sensory experience is displayed, like the colors and shapes of a film projected onto a screen. To cultivate that inner listening, listening to the inner sound, remembering that, noticing that, it's like noticing the screen upon which the images of the film are being projected. It helps us to remember it's just a film, it's just a movie, just patterns of light coming and going, changing, that's all. Just sound and light coming and going, changing, that's all. How could it be more than that? Or bringing attention to the inner sound. Some people find it very pleasing, a kind of delightful companion. Others have difficulty noticing it. Others are oppressed or irritated by its presence. If it's accessible, it's something that one can feel and hear and know. It is something that can be consciously developed, helpfully developed, to provide that context that supports that sampajanya, that reflective attitude that reminds us of, yeah, this is a mood, this is a sensation, this is an ache, but it's just that. It's not the whole story. This is a mental event. Seeing, hearing, judging, loving, hating, fearing, owning. These are just mental formations. They are just mental formations. They can't be anything substantial. Just hating, just loving, just fearing, just owning, just losing, just gaining. How could it be more than that? Uh, to cultivate the inner listening, in the quiet of a time of kaya viveka, physical seclusion, the more we develop it in this kind of quiet, still, peaceful environment, the more it's transferable to the realm of activity and engagement, responsibility, traveling around, engaging with others, becomes more noticeable, more sustainable. We remember more often, more completely, every conversation, it's there. Every business meeting, it's there. 
every Sangha discussion, every puja, it's there, always absolutely here. And even though it's a sense object, it's sanya, it's a sensory perception, it has qualities that evoke the attributes of the Dhamma itself. So it's a symbol in the sense world of that which transcends the world of senses. Apparent here and now, sanditiko. You never hear it begin and end. It's always present. If you turn the attention to it, it's always here. Sanditiko, apparent here and now. Akaliko, timeless, ever-present. Doesn't start, doesn't stop. Always here. Ehi pasiko, encouraging investigation. Once you notice it, it's easier to notice. The more you listen to it, the clearer it gets. The more you feel it, know it. The more distinct, strong, many-layered, it is realized to be. Opanaiko, leading inwards. Insofar as it reminds us that the perception of the world, this building, the landscape, the monastery, the country, the stars and planets, the clouds, the sun and moon, these are perceived here, they're known here within this consciousness. Leads inwards by revealing, reminding, oh, even the sun, we say it's way up in the sky, 93 million miles away, the stars way, way further. They are known here, in this mind. In this mind, they are known here. On one level, the stars and the sun and the moon, the trees and the land are out there, but they're known here. So leading inwards is that recognition of the world is known in this mind, in the space of this awareness. It's known here. Pachatang Veditabo Vinyuhi, to be realized by each person for themselves. No one can wake anybody else up. We each have to make that effort individually. That quality of wakefulness, awareness, knowing, has to be actualized, activated, here, in this life. A loud sound or a sudden appearance of someone that we know or a bright light, a moving object can grab our attention. But that quality of reflection, consideration, isn't just a matter of putting attention onto something or noticing it. It's more of a complete quality, a recognition, a realization of what each event is. Not just that something's happened, but, oh, this is a sound that's arisen, a feeling that's arisen, a memory, an anxiety, a doubt, an inspiration, 
not just noticing that it's happened, but recognizing its changing organic quality, its transiency, its emptiness, its suchness. Pachatang Veditabo Vinyuhit to be known, to be realized by each wise person for themselves. So even though the inner sound is just a noise, a sound, it's just a sense object, it has these qualities that evoke, symbolize attributes of the Dhamma itself. Just listening to the sound is not intrinsically liberating or purifying, but it's a tool, a useful tool, which if applied in a skillful way, can support this quality of jitta viveka, inner seclusion. So as the days go by and the time of our kaya viveka comes to its end, at the end of this week, if we sustain the quality of jitta viveka, then the viveka carries on. A quality of seclusion, serenity, inner stability, responsivity, that's sustained. In the midst of Sangha meetings, deciding who's going to be in charge of what responsibilities, who's coming, who's going. Feelings of irritation, feelings of excitement, insecurity, warmth. Keeps all of that in a clear perspective not suppressing or rejecting, not grasping hold and identifying, knowing the world as it is. The main thing about Chitta Viveka is not just listening to the inner sound, but it's the change of attitude that that inner listening brings the change of view, the different way that the heart appreciates the present experience. That's the point. The inner sound is just a tool, just an upaya, a skillful means. The purpose of the tool is the transformation of view, to change the view, the way of seeing, to change the apprehension, the way each moment is received and known. That's the point. That change of heart is what genuinely liberates. That's the change that makes a difference.